Hey, welcome to Best Boys, a film podcast, an amateur film study podcast for the average Joe, the buffest buffs, and the cringiest bingers. I'm your host, JP, and I'm joined by my brother, professional Hollywood videographer. Corey with a story. And he just got done with it. Listening to his early aughts boy band CDs, getting ready for this. Because there ain't no bye, bye, bye. It's nothing but the return. Of the Mac. Backstreet's back. It's the Backstreet's back. Backstreet's back. All right, baby. Uh, we got um, we got a couple of fun ones, but sad ones for you today. Um, oh, yeah. With uh, the Florida Project and Red Rocket. And uh, if you know that we've been mentioning Red Rocket like every episode f- uh, for the last like couple months, uh, because... Uh, I thought it was coming out, I think, before Christmas or around Christmas or right after Christmas. And then it just kept, like, I didn't see it in any theaters around here. And then by the time it came into theaters, we were right in the dead heat of uh, the Omicron wave. Um, And uh, and we just decided to wait it out and see how it was going to come on streaming. It finally did this last week. So here we are. Sean Baker. Um, I've been a, a big fan of, of his since I watched The Florida Project um, from 2017, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I think I got onto it late. I got onto it in, like, 2018. Not even late. It was just, like, the year after I think I first watched it. I went on my, on my A24 binge, um, which one day I will make a video about, I swear. Mm-hmm. Um and I was so excited to see what was going to happen next. Floor Project is one of my favorites. I've seen it. Uh, this is the third time I've seen it. No, fourth time I've seen it for the podcast. Um, and, uh, yeah, it wow. hits you. hits you right in the feelsies. It's so good. It's such an easy watch. And even though it's mm-hmm. you know the length is not even a thing. Um, and uh, a lot of people, have, as far as A24 movies, it's one I think a lot, a lot of people have seen. Um, Willem Dafoe is like, as soon as someone sees Willem Dafoe's in a movie, I think he's very popular. Um, I yeah. realize. And he's uh, just associated with so many good movies now that it's just like, he's the, an excellent actor. Yeah. Like on top of that, the, um, it's at least for me, if I see Willem Dafoe's in something, I immediately think it's automatically going to be good just because I know he's great. And usually he's attached to like really good projects. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, so you, did you not know? What do you know? What did you know about Sean the Baker and the Florida Project? I knew nothing about Sean Baker. Um, I the only thing about the Florida Project I knew was last year you told me about the Florida Project, and all you said was it was just set up in these like motels next to a Disney resort, and then they did something like cool shooting wise for the end, and that was it. Other than that, I had no idea what it was actually about. Um, I think I but, might have mentioned uh, the kids. I think I might have mentioned the kids. I feel you can't talk about this movie without mentioning the kids, but maybe I didn't. I can't remember. I can't remember. It was last year, but the um, man, though, is this. I am so in after these two movies of just seeing what Sean Baker has to offer and is like, like pre this. And I'm just so excited for anything in the future that he makes. I love his shooting style. I love like how he does this kind of like slice of life style, but it still has like a plot, like a main plot 
that is progressing at a at a nice pace. It's just yeah, it's a little like yeah. it's got a little taste of like mumblecore kind of, but like with like where it feels like it's meandering and not going anywhere, but it actually mm-hmm. it is. Um, mm-hmm. kind of like Nomadland. Um, is kind of in that vein as well, where it's almost it feels almost real. Um, I think mm-hmm. uh, Nomadland is a little more on the nose with it. Um, but in ways. Um, just with like more like having these testimonials from these real people like talking directly into the camera, um, whereas yeah. this is like a ton of real people. Like there's actors, you know, peppered in throughout, um, and uh, yeah, there's a ton of real people, and I think that's what makes it feel so authentic. Um, with I know with Florida Project, um, the the lead, the female lead, uh, I know they found mm-hmm. her on uh. I think it was like on Instagram, Instagram. or something. She's yeah. like a was an Instagram model, and then um, obviously the the little girl, the the main little girl is that is that Mooney? That's Mooney, yeah. Yeah, um, she's excellent. I don't know how they what they did and how they found her, but um, boy, is she really good. And, yeah, uh, she kind of carries this her. whole movie uh, for sure. Like it's it's really on these kids' shoulders, and she's such an ex- uh, so funny. You just constantly laughing, uh, constantly laughing. Even mm. when things are sad, um, you're laughing. And then you know, I think that's what why it hits so hard later in the film. Mm. So just taking a look at some production stuff. Um, so apparently, uh, Xi Ching So, uh, and I'm probably saying that wrong, but I, I did my best there. But um, she produces uh, all of uh sean's films and i think she is actually in uh red rocket she plays miss fan uh the donut oh okay uh, place and then i think that yeah. and sean baker wrote this with chris berg bergoch bergoch and uh he apparently they write all their films together um so i thought that was interesting i heard it in a quick interview thing um and obviously this is a 24 film and um, the and as far as the cast, the only uh, Bria Venate is who plays uh, Haley Mooney's mother, and uh, Brooklyn Prince is the name of the actress for Mooney, and obviously we mentioned Willem Dafoe. Um, I also saw Caleb Landry Jones pop up as Willem Dafoe's son, uh, and he's in a bunch of A twenty four stuff. He's in the Twin Peaks revival. He's he's a wild. Wild dude. He he's definitely a wild dude. Uh, he's in all of Safety Brothers early films, and I really want to see it. The one they did before Uncut Gems, um, and uh, yeah, I really want to see it. But all right, what? Uh, how did you feel? Give me your deepest of feels about the the Florida Project. I think that this might be up there in my like top five favorite movies of all time after watching this. No I fell in love with it. I fell in love with it. This is so good. I cried so much. I, I laughed so much. I had such a like, it all feels so real. Like the, um, to what you were saying about they found the lead actress from Instagram. Uh, Kylie was looking it up after we watched it. And uh, I guess like the director, Sean Baker, found her on Instagram and her Instagram, like, the stuff she was posting about like her life story on there was very close to what he was going for and it just kind of was like a match made in heaven for this and she took three weeks of acting classes and then went right into the movie that's it um which blows my mind because she kills it absolutely kills it in this movie yeah she's really good it is so real feeling you've i you've you've 
seen girls in your life like that are exactly like her and it's to a T how she's portraying it and uh it's uh it was phenomenal. I have no I just want to know how the the kids were directed. If it was just let's just do a bunch let's like these are some like you know hyper rambunctious kids so let's just you know put the camera in front of them and let them just kids being kids and whatever's funny is funny or if they like fed them some things and then let them go but like everything yeah, just it's a so mix. Yeah. It, it is so it feels so good. good. Yeah, it feels so real. Um, how they like, like just all of the interactions with the kids and then with the adults is just so real. Like, I love the relationship between Bobby and and uh, and the kids. Uh, it is so because he's like the father figure in their life, but yeah, it's like he really is. Doesn't want to be like he wants to be tough and all that, but at the same time, he's not. Like he's looking out for them like secretly so much. Um, but the one of my favorite scenes between the kids and Willem though was the ice cream thing where he's like one drop and you're out of here, and they're just being all cocky like taking big bites of the ice cream as it's melting. Um, oh, so good. There's yeah, just so was, many moments. Yeah, there's are a lot of really good moments. Um, I keep, I also th- I mean I, this is what I think of the when there's like a creeper, uh, tr- like. Uh, like a pedophile kind of guy hanging around. Yeah, kids, yeah. And he just like get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I love that he stretches it out. Like, here. yeah, he's like, come on, I thought you were thirsty. Well, I'll walk you to the machine. Yeah, and then he gets the drink. He's like, oh, I thought you were thirsty. Aren't you gonna open it up? Takes one sip, smack. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Oh, so good. I, I Willem Dafoe. I, I it just looks like he was born to be. A motel maintenance manager, like his appearance and everything. Yeah, he he, he, he so well. he's got such a he's got a um I and um not to say that he's not to say that he's unattractive, but he doesn't he's not you know a conventionally handsome person, and mm-hmm. I think that when he was young he had an interesting face and he got cast in a lot of like villainy kind of things. Like I remember when he was in uh, uh Wild at Heart. Um, but this, but I think it is all what now that he's aged, he has a face that definitely just seems like a, like a regular guy that you could see, you know, like, yeah, like you said, blue collar, like he just seems like an average Joe kind of face. He's not particularly tall. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's not you know particularly handsome. Um, and, uh, I think that really works and it makes, and I, and I, I'm always an advocate. I think there's way too many attractive people in movies and I know in TV and I know that that's partly because, we it is attractive people make you want to watch and i think that it definitely comes from you know sex cells and all that but uh and just yeah, beauty yeah. standards conventional beauty standards but there are um i think there is a level of immersion that you can get um when you cast people that look not just you know act the part but look the part um yeah and looks uh, like something you you would see in your own area or like in your own life yeah it makes the characters more real um mm-hmm. seem more real and i think both of these films um that's the a big thing they have going for them in terms of immersion is they're excellently casted um and uh yeah i think that's a big that's a definitely a big part of it and you're just kind of living in this world and so the movie i don't think we really touch base uh you said you know motel in next to disney world so um they're yeah in a uh, they live in a motel and they pay, you know, weekly or whatever. And um, it's in Kissimmee, Florida, right next to Walt Disney World. They can see Walt Disney World, um, you know, just have to do a little walk and they can see it. 
Um, and then some of the people that can stay there, that stay there, they might be going to Disney World. Also, you have um, a lot of sex work that happens in the motel, and you know, tourists use that sex work, and that's a big theme in the movie. Sex work's a big part of it. Um, I wanted to say that I looked. I apparently, um, this is Tangerine. Um, we mentioned right before the podcast, but uh, Tangerine uh, was the movie he, Sean Baker did before the Florida Project, and it is uh, famously known for being shot on an iPhone 5S, uh, uh, three of three iPhone 5Ss, and I've all and I've heard of it. I think that you said you were familiar with that just because of that, mm. um, not gimmick, but this what you know the way that they did it. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I heard it was good. And I heard it's good. It was about trans, a trans sex worker, I believe. Uh, sex work is a big part of this movie, and actually in Red Rock and as well. Um, so it's kind of like this trilogy. And Sean Baker, uh, in an interview, I saw say um, that he wanted with these movies, he wants to make you know sex work nor- not normalized in like a positive way, just like seeing it for what it is. And um, it doesn't. I don't think it glorifies it in any way. It's real. It's a very realistic portrayal um of the bad um but also you know what like these people are doing these things to support themselves support their families um and you know they may may, maybe have made bad decisions and got stuck and that's the easiest way to or the 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 way that they know to get out of it um and uh i definitely want to see tangerine after this after watching red now seeing two of his films i feel like i gotta expand on that agreed the um I wanted to ask you about, do you think this movie is shot digitally or on film? Uh, Florida Project specifically. I would assume uh, digitally. I feel like the the Red Rocket looked obviously on film. Um, So I thought the same thing. Until you get to the night scenes, then you start seeing the film like scratch and dust air is like flipping on the screen. And then you start, and I, after I paid attention to that, I started seeing it in the daytime. It is so clean and beautiful and shot. They must've just used a modern film stocks and modern lenses, but it is actually for both of the movies are shot on film. And it's just, uh, we've been seeing every, all the movies we've been watching on film lately have just had like an awesome texture and grittiness to it. And this was like such a um, nice, unique or a nice, like fresh um, take on shooting film and having it be so clear that it almost feels like digital, but it still has like all of the the awesome like film characteristics of like the highlight roll off and stuff. And the uh, I, I love the um, the use of just like the static wides of the kids walking everywhere. Yeah, and everything yeah. where it's, it's like just like holds or it's like shot. a yeah, or it's like a ninety degree pan that they follow and all that. Yeah, and yeah. and um, it just the combination of just all of that stuff creates such a like a unique look to it. And that car- this so carries colorful. over a little bit into Red Rocket, but yeah, these it's films, just so saturated. It's like colorful slums, you know, it's like, it's mm. like beauty, uh, in, yeah. um, in this, like, it's like mm. low class beauty. Um, and that's kind yeah. of definitely a theme with both of these films also, um, is, uh, it, it's like super colorful and it's a very colorful world. Mm. There's a lot of pink and there's a lot of green, like uh, mint green, um, yeah. that kind of palette. And like vibrant uh, pastel, yeah, like blues, like light baby blue. Um, mm-hmm. the, it, it, yeah, it's on the poster, obviously. The palette, um, that you were talking about, 
Um, it, it just it looks gorgeous. It is really entertaining and engaging uh, for a film that kind of takes its time and lets you like it, both of these films. You're living in this world for a little bit, um, and it doesn't like. And with Red Rocket, we'll talk about this later, but um, they kind of like. It doesn't. It, there will be points. There'll be narrative choices that will just be quick and like as long as you got. You, it's all about you getting the information of what happened and moving on. And then there's things that like you get it narratively, but you're just sitting in it, or it just keeps repeating for a little while, like this theme, um, uh, um this particular motif, um, and with the kids, that's a lot. Um, you know, like going taking their trips to the ice cream shop and begging people for money and um messing around in the abandoned shit and um you know spitting like and condos on fire pranks. yeah yeah um so like it, it and then obviously the stuff with Haley, her journey and she has her friend and and she kind of isn't in a terrible place but she needs money and she starts you know tra- uh, trapping out of her uh motel rooms um and uh um, it just things get bad. Willem Dafoe isn't gonna allow that stuff. Bobby and uh, and you know Bobby Peru get, and she loses her friends. Yeah, Bobby Peru. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard, and you just love these kids so much, and you feel for the the world that they're in. But they're happy, and they're they're this is what they know, and um, mm-hmm. they just want to be with their friends. They just want to live their life. And obviously, Mooney really loves her mom, and and there are so many moments where Haley is shown to be a a decent mom. There's a lot of moments where she's shown to be a terrible mom, but there is a, I truly believe there is a good mother in there. And I think this movie goes out yeah. of the way for you to know, for you to understand that. Like she's making yeah. these choices to survive and she is shitty in a lot of ways, but there is a good person and a good mother in there. And it's, and it's hard and is you're supposed to feel conflicted when Mooney gets mm. taken away. And, and, you know, and I kind of, I think the first time I saw it, I was like, yes, Mooney needs to be away from this lady, uh, this her mom. Like, this is bad. But then I'm realizing how traumatic it would be to be ripped away from your mom and ripped away from your friends yeah. and the the world that you know that you are fine with. You are not unhappy. Um, you just yeah. don't because you don't understand fully what's happening. Um, I think there's a lot. It's funny. To, it's complicated. Yes, it's funny you say that because the. Kylie and I's take after it was she was like the because I said oh man I just I feel so bad for the mom for Haley and 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 Mooney and she was like yeah but look at all the fucked up shit she did like this is like she deserves this she's a bad mom but I was like yeah but to Mooney all Mooney knows Mooney doesn't know any of the fucked up shit all Mooney knows is that her mom plays with her spends time with her feeds her and is is, never and is never mean to her um so in her eyes her, she's a great mom and knows nothing, you know, and doesn't understand why, because everything in her life, as far as she knows, is fine. This, this is what normal life is. Um, and so you have that, and then everyone just, just coming on, telling you unannounced that, you know, we're taking you away to a new family and all, like, your entire world's getting ripped away. Um, and then the, the, the scenes with, with Jancy at the end, oh my God, just, I couldn't stop crying. Um, yes, me too. I bawled just, my eyes out. Um, I think the first, it, it, I, I bawled my eyes out almost every time. This was the time I cried the least, but um, the first two times I bawled. Kids get me. Um, I talk about yeah. this with Chris. Kids are usually a thing that gets me in mm. films. Um, like sad stories. Mm. Um, mm. And uh, I think what 
I think what this movie I found so why I liked it so much and found so relatable is like so like you and I like we grew up in a mill town like we're we're we didn't grow up like this but we didn't grow up with with money like we were pretty low blue collar yeah and, yeah uh, and when we were kids like we didn't I never knew how poor we were until I was we were in like late high school um and then dad and mom would start talking about old stories and stuff like that but as a kid you know like we had toys we had we lived in a house and we you know, I remember the house when when i was but, little the house was shitty um but then i just remember like slowly, all the construction like oh like even before but like hmm. I, I before i remember the house when they first bought it um it hmm. was the i don't remember before that but i remember being in the house when it i mean when the house didn't have rugs it was just hmm. shitty wood floor and uh with the couches and the shitty old tv wood tv mm. um uh yeah i mean uh i definitely uh, not a lot of memories of it and our parents worked really hard to get out of that um yeah but they but, I, like, sorry go ahead i was gonna say my memories of the house start with post the porch being turned into the like living room extension if that makes sense like like i that was already existed by the time I started having memories, but, but our bedroom hadn't been touched yet. And I, I remember dad giving us hammers to hammer out our bedroom. Um, that was a little bit later. Like that was a little bit later. Yeah. Well, um, I, I'm three years behind you. Like my memories didn't probably start. But I mean, I, I think three. that was, that was like, we were both in elementary school by that point. Um, really? hmm. yeah. I do um, remember but the anyways, attic being, but anyways, too. But anyways, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that is relatable to me, like having that uh, you don't really know what's actually going on around you. You don't really know, you know, that like mom and dad are struggling with credit cards and when you were sick and stuff like that, because we were kids and it's just, you know, it's, it's all we know is just if we have a place to live and we have toys and friends and all that, then like life's cool. Um, and just this is such an awesome portrayal of this on screen because these kids are just do literally because they're so unsupervised they're walking all over the world doing anything they want having fun um only you know just unaware of that they're like everything is shit around them but like it's all perspective i guess yeah yeah um and that, that's what makes it hard um as these kids are having fun and it, even though it's um like the, it seems hard to see from our perspective, like kids begging for money for ice cream and and uh, you know living out of a motel room and just like seeing how they live with all the shit plugged into the bathroom and um mm -hmm. and like the hot plate and um and like they don't even and, that, and this is one thing I wanted to point out is both of these movies do it, but this movie is way more uh, hits home that it is ex much more expensive to be poor. Um, like mm -hmm. I don't, I think a lot of, uh, of middle-class and up people don't understand that things are more expensive when you're poor, like living out of a motel is more expensive than getting a sh cheap apartment, but mm -hmm. you know, um, a credit. A, a credit, a criminal history, background checks, um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, it might, it might be, you know, the security deposit, it might be, there's so many things that are involved. It takes time to find a place, and um, there's just so much involved. And if you are in a hole, if you've made bad decisions, and you are in a hole, it is so much fucking harder to get out of it. Um, like every rung you are down, you know, it is twice yeah. as hard to get back to where you were. And this movie illustrates that so much. 
um, mm-hmm. with the things that they have to do and like, oh, they're getting free food from here and they're the little things here and there that, you know, she does to get yeah. by. Uh, but when you hear how much it costs for her to stay there and you're just like, holy fuck, like if you, yeah. if that's what you're paying a week, like that's more than a month's rent. And, I don't, and I'm sure in Kissimmee, Florida, being close to Walt Disney, an apartment is much more expensive. Um, well, Kylie, Kylie looked it up while we were watching the movie. Cause she said the one, when the power goes out, the one you hear the one guy in the background scream, I pay a thousand dollars a month for no electricity. And so Kylie was like, well, that seems expensive for a motel. And she looked up what a one bedroom or a studio apartment is. It's like 800 bucks a month. So it would be cheaper to get uh, yourself a studio apartment in the same area than it would be to just live in the, you said week you need to, all the stuff. And then just week to week living, I think is more. Mm-hmm. Um, the way people make money and whatever, and they spend their money, it's like easier mm-hmm. for them to live than living by month. Like you need to think about paycheck to paycheck. Um, you yeah, yeah. like if you are week to week that like, I know this is how much I need to get through this week. And then I, then it's like hustling, you know, hustling life. Um, you know, whether mm-hmm. you're selling weed and you're, your sex work or doing little odd jobs or selling shit. Um, she, she does a few, you know, she sells stolen goods or whatever. Um, or no, no, she sells shit that she gets, uh, like in bulk or something. And then she like tries to resell them. Uh, and like stuff like that. And like, that's just the kind of things that people have to do to survive. And there's no shame in it. Um, really like and it feels shame you know like you feel shame like she has to do the stuff but like this is you know she's taking care of her daughter she's doing what she yeah. has to do to keep a roof and food in a roof over her head and food in their bellies and that's like all you can really and really do ask for um and uh and yep. i'm not to sympathize with Haley too much because like that's you can't it's not a sustainable life like you have to get out of that hole and mm-hmm. there's cycles of you know toxic behavior that just if you can't break out of them you're never gonna get any you know anywhere or you're just gonna keep falling down yeah let's say her her definitely her her temper is like is what kept her i feel like there were a couple times that she could have been set to like not coast but just to be okay for a little bit but Mm -hmm. then you know temper gets the best of her burning a bridge burning yeah pride bridge is getting burned left and right um and it's rough the uh the there's the scene with the when she pulls out her pad and throws it on the thing on the the window with Bobby and then you've got the uh the stuff with uh at the Waffle House and she's like all the pettiness like all the stuff like why are you wasting all of this money to be petty right now uh and then you end up like destroying all of the leftovers that could have fed you and your kid for the for at least like another yep. day mm-hmm. um and just all of these things it's like you she's so close to being like to to being fully on the right thing, it's like two steps or one step forward, two steps back with her though, uh, throughout the movie. Um, but it's but at the same time, like I also just couldn't help but feel sympathy, even though she's like for how good of a mother she is, she's also equally a terrible person at times, and uh, and you're just kind of like like. I don't know. Like the opening part of the movie with the spitting and the loogies, which is hilarious because the, the first oh line God. of this movie is, is the kids screaming, the thought, eat shit, thought. Yeah, and like they're yeah. like three, four years old, five years old. And it's just so funny and jarring. And then you get your first, uh, like, um, you get your first impression of Haley as a mom. And, the, and she's just like, well, what do they do? Oh, all right. Well, get some paper towels, clean it up. 
and like doesn't care no like effort or whatever like they're kids they're gonna do what they're gonna do uh, what am i supposed to do uh, and, like, and she's no she responsibility some, yeah she makes them clean it up but <laughs> that's about as far as it goes um yeah and, it, yeah. and i don't think she would have if that late if the uh, you know chancy's um uh grandma. grandma uh wasn't freaking out yeah, about it yeah chancy i keep i said chancy like pokemon um yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, yeah yeah there's a lot there's a lot going on though and it, it's a lot of fun yeah me and Riss always say to each other stupid thought <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny i because I, I i didn't know that, that that's what kind of movie i was getting set up for i mean it was so good um and there's like the hawk and loogies on the car but um going back to the kids real quick i i, I forgot to i wanted to mention this when we were talking about them when um do you remember when you hung out with like a, a, a quote-unquote bad group of kids at some point and you just you know it like that realization that like i shouldn't be here and i should go home yeah uh i thought that that was done so well with jancy after they burned down that house yeah. um like the fear that she had she was like i i just want to i think i should go home or no no it wasn't when they burned down the house sorry it was before that I can't remember what they were doing. They 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 got into they were getting into some like sketchy shit towards the end of the night. And Jancy's just like I uh, I think I I should go. Oh home. yeah, I can't remember. But and I, know it, I can't remember about. what it was, but yeah, and it was just felt so real. And I was like, I've said that exact thing with that exact look on my face when I was a kid. I know I have. Like it's um, and it's oh, it's so good. I I, Sean Baker credit for and whoever his casting director was. So so much credit. For the cast and the performances by these children, because like you said, they carry this movie. Um, they keep it fun. They keep it lighthearted. They keep it uh, like from being, you know, nothing but like sadness. You know, and in such a, uh, um, uh, hard. I can't not uplifting, but it's it's hard to explain. It's such a way that it just it works with everything that's going on to to just create the ultimate like emotional pit um uh, yeah it's a it's just like a really good it's beautiful it's happy and fun it's sad it's like you know dirty and and mm. um but also clean like from a like shooting style like it has all yeah, these yes i want i think that's like life i feel like it's a movie that kind of exemplifies yeah. the experience of living um in the modern world you know it's beautiful mm. and, and dirty and colorful and um, and uh, especially when you live in sunny, clear skies of Florida, um, mm-hmm. and I think that's why it hits and hits. Um, and it's very, it's very like in that melancholy, but fun vibe that I I really like, and um, it's really it's good. It's an excellent film. Um, I think that it's one of the best A twenty fours. I definitely probably have it in my top in my top five. Um, up there with Minari and the Lighthouse, and um, mm. I don't even know what else. Um, yeah, yeah, this is up there with Minari for me for sure. And Minari was my favorite, like one of my favorite movies uh, that we watched last year. Um, I yes, I think so. I agree. Uh, I agree. Um, it's excellent. Is there anything else you want to touch upon uh, with the Florida Project? Any particular scenes um, or moments? Do you want to talk about the last scene with uh, when it cuts from the film camera? Yeah, the... yeah. I wanted to, that's what I was going to get to next is the ending. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of people. 
that say the ending sucks. Um, a lot of people in really? like in the A twenty four groups I frequented and and just you in and on Reddit and YouTube and um I've seen that there are, are many people and you'll see it in letterbox reviews like excellent movie but the ending sucks and I don't get they don't like that it um breaks kind of the reality of the film and it turns into like fantasy at the end because obviously they can't just run into disney world they don't have any they're not going to be let in to disney world yeah so they kind of just like magically get into disney world and they run all through it um and uh people didn't like that and then they also hated the jar they said that the switch to the iphone um uh was jarring um i don't agree with that part not the first part but i agree with that i was jarred when it, i was like man why is this movie was so beautiful why did we just switch to a gopro it's like what i th- it said out loud when it happened and then it once it got into them into disney it hit me it like oh they, they they stole the shot that's why this makes so much sense yes so, so that's smart. what i was going like, to say is that the reason why they it was shot on an iphone 6 uh, 6s plus and they just snuck in or they went into disney and filmed it without their knowledge it's crazy that you can steal shot like that and you're still allowed to use it. Like, can you? Can well, you... they. So what the, the what happens with something like this is it's one of those things where you just do it and ask permission later. So they do it and then A twenty four picks it up for distribution and then they or whatever studio is going to distribute it. They're going to front whatever cost it's going to take to get allow that shot or. Yeah. Because it was shot on a, um, or maybe there's some loophole because it was shot on a uh, a phone because like obviously you can shoot videos on phones in, yeah. in the part or and in the part. too. Um, but to distribute it though, like I I'm I'm sure I'm sure you know, yeah yeah showing the magic paid after the fact. Yeah, um, but I don't think that it. I didn't take it as like this fantasy thing. I, I mean, you you follow these kids literally running around going into anywhere they want the entire movie. So how has it become a fantasy? Like, obviously, yeah, you take us to get in. But I could see two little tiny kids just sprinting under the turnstiles and everything to try to run in. And maybe there'd be people chasing them, but I could see them getting in. Uh, Um, I don't. I I don't. But I think that you're supposed to suspend it and it's not supposed to matter. And it's supposed to be about, like, what it represents. Yeah. Like, that's what it was for yeah, me. That's why it didn't bother me. It doesn't need to be explainable. It's just what, yeah. it re- what it represents and what it would mean for these characters. And you're just supposed to, like, it's such a real movie. But And I so I get mm. it for people that, are like, want it to be consistent even in that ending. But I, that doesn't matter to me. I think you can um, do something more abstract or um, or, or whatever you want to call that, mm-hmm. um, stylized. Um, in that moment, especially that's why the jar the I didn't think it was jarring for me the stuff because like I've seen a lot of anime movies like End of Ava or something where there's just random yeah, yeah. medium changes or mm-hmm. like it's it's animated and then it's like live action shit and then there's like a weird fish eye of something or like it's just like mm-hmm. I'm that's why I was into it um, and I and I could see it, it's not like. It has a lot. I think some people have argued that it has a level of cheese to it as well, and I don't really think that. But I, I, I think that me and you have a have a little bit of a higher tolerance um, than some. Um, yeah, I, it just seemed like the perfect like sweet ending for these kids. Like these kids, I mean, literally, Mooney's living at a place called the Magic Castle. And she's yes. never going to see her friend again. Her mom's getting taken away. She runs away to tell her friend goodbye, and her friend's like. You know, like they live. It's established they live right next door to Disney. It's like, as as your friend, you leave me forever. 
And you get the idea, you know, let's just run away to go to the real Magic Kingdom. And they just do it. And it's, yeah, it, it, sure, it's fantasy. But it's, I think it's a perfect ending. I think that is exactly perfect. what you wow. need. I think it's exactly what you need to have some form of levity at the end after having Mooney just crying her eyes out, trying to say goodbye. She has her f- hand in her mouth saying, I can't say it, crying her eyes yeah. out because she just doesn't want to say goodbye. Yeah. And it's just, like, I'm tearing up thinking about it right now. And then you just... Jancy's just like I'm gonna take like here I'll, I'm your you're my best friend I'm gonna take the pain away and like and that's what it is and I I, I don't know I disagree so much with anyone who says the ending's bad. Uh, uh, yeah, like maybe on the nose, maybe a little bit. I don't like for such a subtle like a movie with subtleties, like it just like, yeah. has this grand, um, big. You can you can afford that if you don't. I feel like you can afford that if you have if you've set it up right one, which they have, and you haven't been using that as a trope throughout your movie. Like I think you can you can afford one big kind of grand thing. Ah, uh, yeah, to- I don't have a problem with it personally. I was just I'm just trying yeah. to present those arguments. I dis I also disagree with them. Uh, I think it works, and I think the movie is so good. Mm-hmm. I think it is a nice little bow. It is a cute bow mm-hmm. to tie on such a cute movie. But it yeah. is an adult, a cute adult movie for yeah. sure, um, and it's re- just so real. Um, and I think it was, it's kind of nice to 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 let these girl these characters, um, uh, you know, uh, like remove themselves from the reality. Um, yeah, yeah. For the finale, let them have this nice moment. For you yeah, know what I mean, yes. Not, let them have this. These fiction. Let these fictional characters have their, <laughs> this fictional fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. I think that was a great way to wrap it up. What do you think? Uh, what are you giving the Florida Project? I'm gonna give it a five. Wow, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I don't know if that's a hot take or not. I'm in love with this movie. Uh, I, I don't think I don't know. Well, I, mean, I just want to. I'll look at it after I give mine. We can look at it on Letterbox real quick after I give mine. But I am giving it a four and a half, which is what I give always given it. Um, I don't even know what I could say. I think maybe the ending was part of the reason. Um, uh, I think maybe, like I said, some of the, the things I just brought up, like maybe a little bit on the nose, maybe a little cheese, some of those things. So I, I'm, but it's not enough to bring a full point, even a full point down. It's one of the best A24 movies. It's one of the best films of the 2010s, um, in my opinion. Um, and uh, you, everyone should check it out. Is essential A24 viewing absolutely. Yeah, I think everyone always brings up the lighthouse and Midsummer and the witch. Like this is in has to those in are great. That mix. This is, yeah, this like is Moonlight. I, oh, Moonlight is really good. Uh, oh, Although Minari, Moonlight, I think this is I think this is better than Moonlight though because of Moonlight's ending. I was a little. I think uh, I like it better than uh, Moonlight as well, but Moonlight is excellent. Um, so good, though. but yeah, those are like the the big popular. Not they weren't they weren't just good. They're also popular. Um, and I think this is definitely in that mix, but all right. All right. The Florida project. Um, well, yeah, I said we were going to pop over to letterbox real quick and I already have my red rocket. Well, when you're popping up letterbox, I was going to ask you our last five that we gave was power of the dog. Do you think that this stands like me personally? I think this is a stands as good as power of the dog. I like power of the dog better, which is why I probably gave it a five. Um, but I think that this is, does absolutely stand. So the average score in letterbox is a 4.1. 
Um, most people gave it a four, but the second most is five. Um, just looking at all my reviewers, they all gave it fives, fours, four and a halves. Um, and yeah. A lot of people to below a four to pull it down to a 4.1 if the top two were four and five. I guess there's just a lot of four. There's a ton of fours. Ah, uh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, <clears throat> But all right, I that is the Florida Project. So I, like I said, was waiting after being so hyped about this film, watched it multiple times. Yeah, if with me, you know, I really like a movie if I want to watch it multiple times. Um, yeah, that's I, that is like my really my barometer for like must be a favorite. And mm. uh, so I was super excited for Red Rocket, doubly excited because I heard that Simon Rex was the lead. And if you don't know who Simon Rex is, he has a very colorful career. Um, you may, as Corey uh, brought, brought up before the podcast, but the thing I think a lot of people of around our age know him for is being in three of the scary movie films. Um, but I think people older than us might know him as a former MTV VJ. Um, and uh, in... I think in the nineties. Yeah. It looks like he got on the MTV in the nineties, but before, apparently before he was on MTV, he was actually did work in porn. Um, Oh, really? Yes. There are plenty of nude photos of a young Simon Rex out there. So again, there's no realism in this casting. Um, and then he also is a rapper, um, most famous for being on the song, my dick with Mickey Avalon. Wait, um, he's on my dick with yes, Mickey Avalon. He's one of the people oh that rap god. on my dick. Oh my god! Yes, that's hilarious. Oh man! Um, and then he he, I'm, he also formed a super group called Three Loco with Andy Milanakis and Riff Raff. He's Three Loco as well. Yes, he's oh, named Dirt Nasty. Dirt before. Nasty is his rap name. Simon Rex was his actor name. Dirt Nasty is his rapper name. Oh my god! I didn't think he was Dirt Nasty. I for some when I think Dirt Nasty, I think of uh, Pootie Tang. Um, yeah, not that Dirt Nasty. Different Dirt Nasty. Oh um, man! Wow. So, um, so I don't even know what he was doing before, around you know when this movie was getting made. I watched a, um, a interview with it was like a panel with with Sean Baker, Simon Rex, um, Susanna Sun. I think is the name of. Who plays Strawberry? Um, and they were talking about how he they got casted, and Simon Re- and, and Sean Baker was like, "I already had him in mind." Um, and I, I, our people, he said that his someone related to him knows someone related to Simon Rex, and they some reached out somehow, and Simon Rex's agent was just like, "If you get offered a movie, you have to take it." So he took it before he even read the script. Because uh, <laughs> of where his career, I guess where his career is, he's just like, "I need that money." Um, I mean, especially if it's from the director of Florida Project too. So it's like it's a yeah. no question. Who knows if he was familiar with it? But but yes, and true. the agent would have to be. Yeah, that's true. The agent would have to be. Um, but uh, so then he said he read the script after, and he's like, oh, <laughs> like this is what I'm playing. Um, <laughs> and uh, I thought that was really uh, it was interesting. And this this movie is also excellently casted. Um, yeah, Sean Baker is really good at peppering in, like I said, actors, actors that fit with a lot of real people. Um, and, uh, uh, this, this movie is definitely also good. I'll just get it out of the way, uh, for those that wondered. Um, I don't like it quite as much as the Florida project, but I still think it was good. 
Um, and it's, it's still got that mix. It's like funny, uh, but it's fucked up, real fucked up. Um, our lead is definitely a piece of shit. Um, more of a piece of shit than Haley, I would say, um, objectively. Um, I don't know about what of you would walk away with that. I've seen him described Uh, as anti-hero and I don't, I don't (laughs) think that he's, he's an, he's a hero at all. Yeah. I, he's a grifter. Yeah, he's super, such a great. Kyle and I had gotten to a little bit of a not an argument of just like a discussion about how it ends because he uh, the argument of whatever it, the argument wasn't whether he deserved to be screwed over by Lexi and them. But, that was tr- yes. The answer was he yes. But yeah, yeah, yes. But it was more just like the um, the motivation for screwing him over was more of the argument, whereas like the. Because Lexi's doing it because he's leaving, and I just took it as she is doing this because her the person who's been paying all the bills at the house and doing all the work or whatever is leaving. Because uh, she, as far as I know, we know she doesn't know about Strawberry or anything else going on. Um, she doesn't really know. But, I mean, she knows he's selling weed. That's about yeah, it. yeah. But that's it. But it's like so. It was like this. Um, what's it called? Karma. Um, like this unintentional karma that she were her doing that to like completely fuck up all of his things um and screw him over deservedly um i think she knew a little bit though i think yeah. that like said that she had to have been because lon she asked lonnie to pretty much tell her what's what he's up to and then he told lonnie a bunch of shit and then i guess lonnie went to jail so yeah um but uh Lonnie's full valor yeah, we're going to talk about Lonnie's character because he's got a crazy trajectory narratively. Um, and I, don't, I wasn't sure if I liked it. I mean, I do like a lot about it, but I wasn't sure how much I liked it. Um, and uh, But yeah, before we get into that, um, so basically, the um, um, basically our setup is Simon Rex is a former porn star, aging, aged, um, and I know that ma- male porn stars, you know, they can work for a long time as long as they're not ugly um, and their dick still works. But uh, <laughs> um, so, yes, he's he's sh- shows up, walks to um, uh, his ex-wife's uh, mother's house and is trying to weasel his way in. And he seems like a professional at like. Let me inside your house because once I'm inside, it will be much harder for me to leave. And and, and honestly, the ex-wife and Lil, like they know that, but he still is able to weasel his way in anyways. Um, and uh, I think that there, Simon Rex, like Haley, or what is what Mikey, uh, like Haley, is, um. He is, uh, you know, an example of a person that you feel like you know in real life. You know, slick talking, you know, handsome but fucking obviously fucked up uh, guy. And he's got charisma, but he's a piece of shit. And for some reason, he's able to talk and worm his way into uh, people's lives, particularly women's lives. Um, and freeloads or uses them um, for whatever ends, and then you know when he's done, he just leaves and abandons them. Um, and yeah, Spe- speaking of that specifically, you and I know someone who I'm, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, this this reminds yeah, me. Yeah, we I, I invoked his name several times. Uh, yeah, in the yep. during <laughs> he's not exactly the same, but but uh, no, but there there's so many ton- things 
there's a ton of parallels. Um, oh, and just so like, and parallels. I've met people that are like similar with, with, um, our relative, but also, uh, similar with Mikey. Like I've, I've, uh, you know, maybe friends have lived with a person or, you know, f- female friends have a guy they couldn't get out of their house or just seeing people, you know, being able to use people, get men that are able to use people. And, you know, Mikey yeah. is not uh, young. The actor Simon Rex is currently 47. I'm not sure um, that's what, what that's why I figured he's around there. Um, so he, he, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's a thing. Um, and I keep Lexi is played by Brie Elrod is his ex-wife, uh, the name of ex ex wife. And she has a great performance. Uh, a lot of the performances are great. Honestly, I see Simon Rex getting a ton of flowers and I want to talk about what you think about his performance because largely it is excellent. But there were a few moments with his monologues that I thought, like, I could tell, like, you're mostly a comedy actor and performer, and this is, you don't engage with like more dramatic stuff as much. Um, he sound, he he definitely delivers like a child, like his lines, like his yeah. And yeah. then and then I think that he's done this. I've seen him do this in um, scary movies as well. The way he delivers lines, he's an, it sounds like an idiot, but he also sounds like a child idiot, like a man kid. Um, but he obviously has skills. He has charisma. Um, he is talented in a way, um, but he just makes these terrible choices and looks for, like, the easy way out um, of the situation. And, and he builds up something for himself. Because me and Riss were, like, when we were watching this, uh, and it, we they're like, he's not going to get a job. He's not going to fucking do anything. Like, he's yeah, going to try to – like, he, like, he's not going to uh, – he's going to lie. He's a liar. Because uh, I think the people that we know in real life that that's what they do is just lie as long as possible. But he actually tries to get a job. He can't get a conventional job. So then he starts selling weed. Um, and I thought that he was going to run out on Le- that Leandra lady. Who Leandra Dang. is probably my favorite character in the film. Let's just be mm-hmm. real. She's, uh, she's a badass. <laughs> and... Um, so I thought he was going to run out on her and smoke. She's like, I bet he's going to smoke all my weed. And he didn't. He sold it. He, he you know, he did. He, he's been saving up money. Um, and we just know that he's saving money. He's paying for all the bills at Lexi and Lil's house. And they're happy with that. And he's just stacking money. And um, it's about a half hour, 45 minutes into the movie where we get to, like, the main, you know, drama, I would say. It's when he meets Strawberry. Um, and uh, before this movie came out, I was thinking, uh, uh, I've seen comparisons and thinking about narrative comparisons to, um, licorice pizza. And, um, I think this is an, ex- this is an example of it. It just feels so much grimier because it is grimy. Like he's just straight trying mm-hmm. to, you know, groom her yeah, for it, sex work. He, she's a pimp or he's a pimp. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. And it's not even like it's a, um, like a licorice pizza. It's. The age gap is still a decade, but 25 and 15 seems a lot less severe than 17 and 47. Yeah. And when that yeah. guy is also trying to just groom, like grooming at its finest to convince his girl to get into porn so that he can make money and get back to L.A., which I really wish that they would have touched on more of how he ended up like hitting rock bottom, moving back to Texas. They talk I, about it a little bit. Like he was like was MS-13 and got the shit beat out of him. 
But, oh, but, uh, but that, that, that's like the kind of bullshit stories that those people tell, and you're not hearing yeah, exactly. everything. So I, I think that was done on purpose, and once we get to the end of the film, we're supposed to realize that you know he made some he had some kind of scheme and tried to fuck somebody over and he got fucked in the end you know like he made bad choices and in the end he got his ass kicked like that's really all you need to know cuz that's yeah, what yeah. it's the, he's in this life cycle of doing this like building himself up you know getting uh having things doing things and then you know it all crashing down because of it's built upon fucking people over or you know, sex trafficking or whatever. Um, so yeah, like, but before Strawberry's introduced, all by all accounts, Mikey seems like he's not that bad. He seems like yes. the movie spends the first act like building him up. Like he is down, but he's 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 making better choices. He's changing. He is gonna you know pull himself up by his bootstraps and do what he has to do. And you feel for him until we meet strawberry and strawberry whose character's name is ray lee uh, played by Susanna son um is a 17 year old uh worker at a donut shop and what happens is um the lil and lexi he re like rewards them or so they celebrate that he has money by going to the donut shop and boy is lil um opiate opioided out like she is like nodding off half this movie, and it's honestly I wouldn't be surprised if that because Lil is a was was a found, um, like a re, you know a real not person, actor. not an, a non actor. That's what you're supposed to say. Um, she's a non actor, and I wouldn't be surprised if she was actually like you know on some some uh, pain medication for this because it yeah. like if you've been around older people on pain medication, it is exactly what it's like. They're like slurring and nodding off mid sentence. Um, mm -hmm. and the, but anyways, they're the donut shop, they're getting them donuts. And now he's like, you know, really, you know, into this attractive, um, high school girl that works there. And he hurry up and rushes everybody out and makes everybody hurry up and go home just so he can immediately run back and try to hit on her. And she's not there. And he's like grilling the owner for her phone number and where she works. It's so aggressive and creepy. Yeah, it's very pre like predatory. Absolutely like. predatory. And then he shows up with his stupid nice guy voice and uh and you know, he eventually seduces her. And uh and, you know, she makes the first sex move sexually, but it was definitely groomed and uh yeah, it is just not cool the way that this has all gone down. Obviously she's also seventeen and they can make the point to tell us that she's seventeen for she'll be eighteen in three weeks. So it is about as close as you can get to legal without without being legal. And I'm not sure he actually says that she's legal in the movie, so I'm not sure if Texas um is uh different or maybe he's just like rounding up that she's legal. I'm I'm not I, sure. I mean, their yeah, their age of consent is def is because Pennsylvania's technical age of consent is sixteen, so I would imagine Texas is lower than ours. Um, well it's it's sixteen, but you have to be over you have to be uh twenty one or under to like if you're over twenty one it's eighteen. Like to sleep. Gotcha. With yeah, I know I honestly don't know how the the consent Yeah, works. it's it's a people like to use the that extra Eight bottom adults. part oh. as like it, it, it applies to everybody and it does not. Um not that I yeah, the yeah, fuck. Anyways, yeah, um <laughs> the uh he's a creep and he the middle the whole middle part of the film is him seducing her. He's like lying about where he lives, which is funny 
because like she gets him to drop her, him off at this like mansion, and uh, and then he rides his bike away. And uh, the half, you know, the third time, this there's just a lady you know, with a shotgun waiting for him. And then we find out that that lady is the newscaster. Uh, towards the end of the film, for the, like the 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 car accident shit. Oh my god, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, I pointed it out. I screamed. I'm like, that's funny. wow. She's blonde. It's she's that's dark. Funny. So it like you, yeah. you didn't really pay attention. Not that you didn't pay attention, but if you weren't really looking, you wouldn't have noticed. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow, that's even funnier. Cause she's like, cause he comes outside when she's like right outside doing the new cast, like uh, towards the end of the movie. Like this is after Lonnie's been arrested or everything. The, the news people come back to do a story, and I'm like, why is he like? He looks at her and then he gets real nervous too, and I like didn't understand why. That makes so much more sense. Um, yeah, yeah, I thought that was really funny. Um, and uh, yeah, like so he's just really putting on this ruse, and this girl's falling for it. But then, but then she reveals about you know halfway through the movie that she actually knows that he's a porn star, and like it kind of. Um, that she's still into it. She's into, she thinks it's hot or whatever. Um, and then there's a lot of sex scenes and, um, yeah, that's all that happens. But during all this, um, Mikey has a friend that is the name Lonnie, who's apparently the neighbor of Lexi and Lexi babysat him growing up. And there's some stories uh, involving that. Um, but so apparently, uh, Lonnie hel- drives, uh, Mikey around for like errands that he needs and in one part the the second like second or third time he's like I'm gonna be gone all day like are you sure you want to come and he's wearing a military uniform and uh, he's like oh you served you know, thank you for your service and uh, and he like awkwardly is like yeah thanks and then there's like this weird scene in the mall that like hardly comes up again briefly only is mentioned um, where these guys that come up to him are like, you're fucking stolen valor. You never served. And it's just so awkward and weird. And it's just like, I don't know how I felt about it. Like, it's like, feels random. And it's just to like, to show us this one thing about Lonnie, the character of Lonnie. And it doesn't really have anything to do with the story at large. Um, and they mention it when, you know, the car accident thing happened. Yeah. yeah. What did you think about all that? I mean, I it seemed like it was a it was a plot device, like it was used to just get them out of the house because the the car crash happens on the way home, um, from there. And so, if, to me, no, I just took it. No, out. the car crash is later. Oh, that is like all right. Never mind then. Never yeah, mind. car uh, crash is closer towards the end. The, the yeah, I don't know then. I uh, I guess it was to just give Lonnie another layer of character development to just know who, like, what, because you never see Lonnie doesn't. Um, he's always just at the house. Yeah, it's true. You never so see him work. This, this is just him, how he gets money, and this, everybody has their own hustle. No, and, I don't. No, know, I don't think that's what it is. I think that like when you don't have anything going on, that people put on military uniform. Like the whole stolen valor thing is people put on military uniforms to get like. Um, like yeah, uh, people like praising you and complimenting you and attention and and whatnot. And yeah. usually it's from people that wanted to serve and couldn't for like medical or metal, mental, you know, whatever's uh, issues. And um, so I wondered if that's something like that. But um, but yeah, it's just it's random as fuck, and uh, it's kind of funny because it's random. It's kind of makes it mm-hmm. weird. Um, I, I do like it yeah, for that, I like this, but I yeah, just I like wonder. Uh, yeah, I wondered about it. Um, all right. All right. So 
yeah, Lonnie, our poor character Lonnie, while we're talking about him, uh, towards the end of the film. So, like, they're having these discussions while he drives. There's multiple, like, driving scenes where where Simon Rex is just, you know, going on this long tangent about the porn industry. And in the beginning, Lonnie's super interested. And, like, Lonnie seems to indicate that he watches a fuckload of porn and he doesn't get yeah. laid very much. So he is, like, super interested in all this. And, like, he thinks Mikey's, like, a legend for this. And, like, you're a fucking legend, man. Um, and, uh, it's like all these long stories and then like, you can tell that Lonnie's getting a little bit fatigued and then towards the end, um, he's like, you're about to miss the turn and like makes Lonnie take a sharp, uh, get off on the exit from the far, get on the exit from the far left lane. And apparently I'd say, caused- say he doesn't make Lonnie do it, but he, cause he points directly and goes, you're going to miss the turn, but like real loud. Yeah. But yeah. Lonnie yeah. makes the turn. It's all like Lonnie yeah, didn't that's look what I, Yeah. He weird. doesn't like grab the wheel or anything. But it is yeah. very um Kylie thought yeah, he so apparently apparently there's like a jackknife uh a jackknife's a four uh uh eighteen wheeler and it causes a huge twenty two car pile up and they don't show it and then they kind of show us the aftermath later. And yeah. what did you think what did you think about them not, you know, showing it as it happened? Um, and like, I like I like because it because you immediately cut to the reaction of them pulling over, like, I can't believe that just happened. I can't and I'm assuming that I thought they just like maybe hit the tractor trailer and then we're doing a hit and run or something. And you don't really know the scale because of how freaked out they are, but there's no damage to their car until the fucking news report. And oh my God, I thought it was really funny. I, I, I very much liked what it, cause when they showed the news report of what it was, my jaw dropped. I was just like, oh my God, Lonnie's fucked. <laughs> like, and it's all just like, if he wouldn't have met this guy and wouldn't have been chauffeuring around this asshole, it would never have happened because Lonnie, other than stolen valor, like they even say on the newscast that like Lonnie is like, there's no priors regarded as like a, you know, a good neighbor and just like a innocent person. But, uh, other than 2014, he had stolen valor charges dropped. Um, but man, it was just so, it was like a nice little, um, of cherry of ridiculousness added on top of a, like, Already kind of ridiculous things, but it was it was a satisfying scene for me at least. Yeah. Um so um I think we should talk about the um the strawberry Mikey relationship as it becomes the focal point. Like that get once they're actually like dating dating. Um boys, it's just constant cringing um during this whole yeah. part. It is so hard to watch. Um, all of the all of these scenes and just like hearing the lines and her responses is just like oh oh ah. I was just doing that constantly in the movie. Um, <laughs> it's just so uh, it's very hard to watch, but it, I think that's it makes it you know like you're it, it's you want to know where it's going and and like you think that you know where it's going and um. Like so I knew something was gonna have to happen. Like he's gonna have to get his ass kicked, but I didn't know that it was just gonna be right at the very last minute. They're just mm-hmm. gonna take his money and say, you know. So the plan is, is once that Strawberry and Mikey are together, that um, you know, she he gets her to agree to go out to L.A. and become a porn star, and um, and you on, know, her he's, on her 18th birthday, and it's like they're so excited. Uh, he's so excited cause he's going to be, he thinks he's going to be an agent and like he's has a talent for fine, you know, he's can find talent and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then 
um, apparently we find out that Lil and Lexi have been talking to Leandra, who's been, you know, fronting the weed to Mikey to sell, and uh, and her daughter June and their son Desmond, and uh, let them know. And apparently, the in the middle of the night before Mikey left, they just come in and steal his money and the weed, and they give the money to to Lexi and. Um, and then that, that's that. They kick him out, and that's how the movie kind of ends. Um, what did you wait? How what, did you see that coming, or what did you think about? Um, I knew something had to have happened, like was going to happen. But I didn't think that that was going to be the thing. I thought it would have been something more on the strawberry side of it, like a parent or something would have came in and found out and just like beat the shit out of him or whatever. I feel like, so that, I I feel like that was too on the nose because he already got beat the shit out of earlier. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just like. What else can they or do? Like, yeah, or like they make it to L.A. and then you like the reason he left, like it comes back up. I something. thought they were gonna make it to L.A. Right. Um, and then yeah. shit was just gonna go horrible. Um, that was but, so the the fact that they didn't even get that far, and that Lexi and Lil and they were all of these women were kind of ready to just like, nah, you're not doing that. I think that there's no coincidence that you know Lexi, Lil. And then June is obviously calling the shots of the robbery, um, Leandra's daughter. And you know, Leandra, like, it's all women. They're like, no, nah, this is not happening. You are not getting away with this. Um, well, they I don't, don't, none of those people know about Strawberry, though. No, but they, they, you're still, still fucking over Lexi and Lil, who've been fucked over m- before by him. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, like, yeah. there's even more going on. They don't even know, like, all the creepy shit he's up to. Um, yeah, yeah. And well, and honestly, I think they do know more than than they say because she straight up calls him a um a suitcase pimp, suitcase pimp. which yeah. is you know she I don't she'd have to know that he's grooming somebody, um and they're getting ready to leave or something. Um, she suspected that he was seeing another woman, you know, when he was gone for that weekend. Um, yeah, and so I think that it just kind of all um built to that. I think she was and like she was like you said uh she was asking. Lonnie to spy and obviously we didn't see Lonnie tell her anything um but like I think that she had feelers out there and she was more ready for his games than he that they thought they I think he thought as long as they had the bills paid and you know he was helping her out around the house mm-hmm. then he they would there would be no more questions asked um I but. even think that if if when he was telling Lexi that he was mo- like going back to California, honestly, if he would have just omitted the California part, I feel like if it was just like, hey, I'm just moving out, I'm getting my own place, it's not working out or whatever, I feel like th- none of it would have happened. But it's the California part that creates that connection of like he's probably trying to go back. Like he, this is they, like my suspicions of him being with somebody else are probably him and somebody else going back to, to try to get into the in- back into the yeah industry. back to L A. Um. um <clears throat> yeah I yeah that um what did but, you man, it... sorry go ahead sorry i was gonna say it's funny watching him run around at the end of the movie naked with his dicks fl- flopping around that apparently is a prosthetic penis i did look into that because i was like this Somebody is an abnormally penis. huge penis even for a big penis yeah. like this is especially flaccid like they like you yeah know, yeah people usually have some growth they don't just flop full length <laughs> Uh, some people do. Don't the, there's a lot of penai out there. But uh, I wanted to ask you what you thought about the ending. Ending where he, you know, it's morning time and he makes it to um, Strawberry's house and the door opens and he has this vision of her in a bikini and then it ends. Um, I well, I felt a little bit unfulfilled by it because it like, uh, it's very, very unf- ambi- it's very ambiguous. 
um, about what happens. Um, does you know, does it work? Does he or cries does he... when he sees her, and like, I, I don't know if he was crying or that was sweat, but I think there was one tear. Yeah, he had a single tear coming down from her right. So, like it was like she's so beautiful, or he made it to the promised land, or whatever. Kind of like is what it looked like. He like like the I'm here kind of a cry. But uh, I I didn't really know if that was a vision. It's like the I don't know. I definitely was kind of I I said as soon as the credit it cut to black in the credits when I went that's it. So it's like I I I want to know how it ends. I think we're supposed but, to be like I mean I think it's safe to assume that this is just a cycle that's going to repeat for this guy. And even if yeah. she you know le- runs away with him to L.A. that it's going to be bad. Um, like it's obvious it's what's gonna it's his cycle like she he what he say like they just get, as soon as they get popular then they fuck you over man or as soon as they start tricking then they fuck you over he said like three different things when a, when oh, a yeah, woman does the one, this they fuck you over he's the one specifically I remember it was when a when a when a, a, a porn actress starts thinking like a hooker it's over yeah that's what I, was, I that's what I was talking about. Um, he said that. Yeah, and yeah. There's another one where he said, uh, uh, "Once they get popular," he was talking with Jenna Hayes or one one of the ones that I've one of the porn stars that I've heard of, and um, hmm. he's like, "Yeah, as soon as they get big or they get some buzz, man, it, you know, they forget about you." Um, I think that is that it, yeah. I, I think we're meant to assume it's gonna go bad, and it's just he's seeing this as his his ticket, his golden ticket. And um, it's just gonna it, whether she recognizes it now that he's a piece of shit and doesn't go, or if it's later. But at some point, she's gonna figure it out, and he's gonna end up back at the beginning of this movie. Um, but all right, do you have anything else particular you want to mention about Red Rocket? Oh yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the use of the InSync song "Bye Bye Bye." Um, yeah, what, the opener and closer. It's three. It's used three times in the film, and then Lexi mentions it when he's getting robbed. She she's like bye bye bye, um, and uh, but they're in the middle. Um, Rayleigh is playing nude after they have sex. She's naked and she's playing it on the piano and doing a cover of it. And I read that apparently that they recorded that um recorded a cover version first because they weren't sure if they were gonna get. Um, the rights to the actual song, and then all five members of InSync had to approve it being used in the movie, and they did. Obviously, um, I thought wow. that was pretty interesting. Yeah, it is. Um, but, um, and I don't, I don't fully understand the the motif, but I think that it is. Um, it's in, especially interesting that uh, Rayleigh is covering it because it's like, well, in like the TikTok age, and this movie is actually taking place during. Donald Trump running for presidency the first time, I think. It's that like they yeah. keep showing him on the news. So it's like 2016. So it's a little bit pre TikTok, I guess. But well, um, he mentioned the election being rigged, and I I think that was so. That's that should be 2020. He then, did right? it. He he did it the first time too. Oh really? He's oh, literally Christ. said it. That's why people are fucking idiots because he said every election's rigged, even the one he won. Oh my god. Um, he's like uh, he said it beforehand uh, in case he lost. And then he did. Oh like, my god! Yeah, he's Jeez. such a he's a fucking slime ball. Grift economy, uh, nightmare, nightmare alley, uh, Trump. Um, <laughs> the, the grift economy. Um. Ugh. So, um. I yeah, what I was talking about before you said that. I, 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 takes, I, the movie I, takes place in 2016. Um, is what I was yeah. saying. And uh, 
So like it's pre TikTok, and I thought that it was interesting that she's covering a pop song from when we were young. Um, but uh, yeah, she being seventeen, she would have. I mean, she would have been like a baby when those songs came. Yeah, like a baby. Um, Um, but I I'm wondering if in this, I'm just thinking of this now. I didn't think of the movie, but I wonder because like it opens with bye bye bye, maybe because he just got kicked out of his place in L.A. and now he's gone, and then bye 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 the end because he's kicked out of that place, and then it's uh, and then maybe that's a foreshadow of her playing it to insinuate that it's not going to work out like after the movie ends or something. Or... Yeah. And it, well, like it plays backwards at the end. Um, also. Yeah. And then it, like you, th- I thought it would keep going in the credits and it just abruptly stops. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then like, it's just like really quiet in the credits, which it was cool. Cause you kind of like left to kind of sit and think like, what the fuck was that ending? And what the fuck did I just watch? Yeah, yeah. Unlike like let's say like an in uh um ambiguous ending of like No Country for Old Men where it just, you know, it ends on like a solid held shot with just the dude talking for a couple seconds. This I would say needed a little bit more just just, just to kind of satisfy that ending. Like I this doesn't make me want to rewatch the movie to see if it represents something or whatever. It just I think it, feels- I think it's obvious, not obvious, but I think it's like at first you're like what there should be more, but the, there's definitely with the way they did the pile up. And there was a moment even earlier where like it was really quick cuts and it was just enough to like information for you to know mechanically what was happening but it wasn't important to the story you know and i think that that is it's there there's definitely a lot of implied um shit or like audience is supposed to just you know fill in the gap themselves a little bit um so like i get it i don't know i i don't necessarily dislike the ending but i don't know if i like it either um i will say the film is a little bit long um not because like the runtime is so bad but there's just a lot of like repeating things. Uh, we get a lot of scenes with Mikey yeah. and, and Rayleigh that are kind of just hit, you know, we've already, we got it, you know, he's grooming. Yeah. It. Um, and unlike, and unlike in the Florida project with having repeating locations and scenes with the kids, this was just, it's, they just have her having sex usually every scene together. And it just yeah. Like, there's like it's not, it doesn't really add, there's not, it doesn't really add anything um, after a yeah, certain like, point. And I'm just okay. Here's just more of this. So I think the movie could have been at least 15 minutes shorter. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen some reviews call it a little bit rambling. Um, I don't. I don't necessarily think it's that bad, but I could see that it could uh, be be tighter for sure. Yeah, and I don't think it's necessarily like the worst that it's the length that it is. Like I don't think it like. No, it's not awful. It's enough for me to. Yeah, I don't, I don't, it's, it's not a make or break thing for the movie, but it definitely is like devalues like it by like a point or like a half a point. I think so. if it was leaner, it would be, be like the film would feel better, stronger. Yes, I agree 100%. Um, um, hmm. there was something uh, else I want to go ahead. I was gonna say, um, while you were thinking, I would briefly, if we want to talk about the cinematography, this oh, that's what I want to talk about is the, the film like the what it looked like like the yeah the picture looked like like the graininess of it and yes this is uh where we had the juxtaposition of very clean film and very you know the magic castle and all that stuff is like it's very clean quote unquote from the outside but like the things going on in it are are not and kind of grimy and gringy this is the opposite where it just goes full in on i think just the film 
how it is shot and the film texture represents the grime of the actual like neighborhood and lifestyle and everything. Yeah, when uh, we we put it on, I was watching the beginning and like the text, uh, like the you know the text uh, opening crawl or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. The uh, I was like, man, the text is a little bit you know out of focus or grainy. And I was like, did we accidentally buy this, you know, the HD, the regular HD or standard definition one or something? Mm -hmm. And uh, we double checked and we're like, no, this is the 4K one. And I was like, oh, maybe it's not buffered or something. Or it's our internet. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, no, it just like once it got in there, it's like, this is the way the movie looks. So it's like very soft, but grainy mm -hmm. kind of not very soft, but a little more soft than I think a lot of modern movies um and yeah it's grainy and um but it like once you like get your you've settled into the way it looks um it's like there's a lot more like reds and oranges mm -hmm. in this movie green i think green orange and reds and whereas um mm -hmm. florida project with the you know the pink and the mint green and the uh, baby blue or whatever like yeah yeah this is the, i think this is meant to feel hotter too because oh, everyone sure. everybody's bro. sweating and it takes no place one in texas by the way yeah um, um but i is, wonder about the the texting i love though when a movie will when the shot intentionally blur the text to make it feel like it fits with the texture of the film it makes I it do look like an old it makes it look like an old yeah. movie it made it look like a 70s yeah. it made it look like a 70s movie um or hmm. 90s movie like standard yeah. definition and like it honestly made it feel like i was watching it on a big screen like a, a in a theater because like it had yeah, that yeah. real film feel texture to it. Um, I liked it a lot. I liked the way it looked a lot. Um, it was like deeper, darker colors or like more rich, but the grain gave it this look. Um, but it, but there's mo there was another. Th uh, both of these movies did this, but this one there was like an early shot where you saw a bunch of like um houses in a poor area, apartments in a poor area, and they're all di bright different colors. And it's like, but it's like overgrown and a little bit dirty and rusty and whatever. And then later, when they're walking at, by that amusement park, we see a bunch of buildings again that are brightly colored in almost the same kind of uh, colors, but they're very clean and they're very modern. And um, mm. uh, it's like this is definitely a, a purposeful juxtaposition. And it's like the the him pretending to be. You know, like he's like he's successful and presenting, yeah, um, the the successful version of himself, and like this reality is, um, all much different, um, but yeah, um, I think. I wanted, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna ask you, we did, we didn't talk about this one, but it's it's probably what I think is one of the funniest scenes in the movie when they go to Nash's house to break up with uh strawberries boy oh like, yeah yeah and whatever and it's so funny that his what he thinks in his mind is the way to get this dude to back off is to get out of the car get in his ear and go yeah google mikey saber right now 900 followers on Pornhub. i fucked 1300 bitches you got you don't stand a chance and then walks away and it's like what the fuck is your problem yeah like, that what was you, bizarre like, like i thought he had a real plan <laughs> and that was like stupid and bizarre and oh like, I was laughing so hard. I thought that was yeah. so ridiculous. He's an idiot. Um, yeah, such an idiot. And then he gets his, just a, his ass beat in the next scene from the kid's family. Um, yes. Oh my yes. Yeah, they beat his ass. Oh, um, so, so I feel like he should have got his ass kicked a little more, but uh, at least there's that one beat down. Um, yeah. I'm surprised he didn't get beat up at all at the end, to be honest. Yeah, I was waiting for it. And they just, there's like, nobody wanted to touch him because he was naked. 
Um, that kept coming up. Like, yeah, like he was butt ass naked. What do you want me to do? You didn't tell me I was pulling out a naked man out of bed. <laughs> That's um, so funny. So this uh, premiered at Cannes, and it did compete for the Palme d'Or. I, I usually mention that. Um, they did not win. Um, and it did get. It's got snub, big snubs at the Oscars. I believe it was in. You know, it was eligible. Um, but that's okay. That's okay. Uh, I do. I think that's fine. I'm not like mad about it. I do. Do Do you think it's better than Licorice Pizza? Mm, I don't think these movies are fair to compare. I think it is a little more apples to oranges than you think than one would think. But no, I don't. I don't think that these are are the same. Like in that regard, I don't think these are comparable. As like just because you're having the like an age gap relationship, that that these movies are two completely different. I agree Uh, totally. Even though they're also funny, but have serious things. Yeah, this they do have a DNA in common, but they feel differently. Yeah. Yeah, Red Rock is more real, I'd say, whereas yes. Liquor Pizza feels more fantasy fun. Yes, like, it's more over the but, top, correct. Um, hmm. But did you like it better, Red Rock it better, or did you like Licorice Pizza? Um, I don't know. That's a tough call, because I, I, the gripes I have with Licorice Pizza have to do with that nobody cares about the this, this minor's relationship, but in this one, I have the same gripes, but it's like, technically borderline legal so it shouldn't be as gripey but well, miss fan was definitely like, enabling this relationship by not stopping by oh not saying sure. that you can't fucking hang around here you shouldn't be behind the counter of my fucking donut shop like <laughs> i can um but i don't i i'm torn because i do i do like this more and i think i, I we haven't gotten to scores yet but i know my score that i'm going to give this is higher than i gave pizza i think um I think but, mine is uh, it's either mine's either the same or is a slightly better, but I do think that I like this movie more. I think, I think this the movie really not being so better. long helps, but it, and it's not oh, as big. Yeah. It's a smaller movie, but I don't mm. know. It 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 does more with less. Yeah, yeah. I I am very as I was invested in the other thing. It was more of just like um like a fun investment, I guess. Whereas this one, I legitimately like was invested in and cared to see what was going on a lot more. I guess I laughed out loud a lot in licorice pizza. I didn't laugh out loud. Yeah, I did too. This. I think that's what I keep forgetting about licorice pizza is like, I was cracking so up, but then like the end, I was just like, not, there was a moment. There were so many things I didn't like about the story itself, but boy, was it so much fun. And, was really yes, funny. yeah, agree, agree. This, I think, this I think is the story's story. better, and there are funny things. I think I'm cringing more than I'm laughing, uh, but like I think they're you know they're cousins. Yeah, <laughs> the comedy cousins. Uh, but all right, are we ready to score it? I think we're ready to score it. Hey, I'm I'm ready. Uh, I'm go. gonna give it a four. I think I'm. I think I'm also giving it a four. I I might have marked it as a three and a half. Uh, but I believe it's a four. Oh, I, I for some reason actually have Florida Project is a five. I'm noticing on my on my yes! um, on my uh, thing. So I'm, uh, I'm it's a five. I'm giving it a five also, and I'm giving Red Rocket yeah, a four. I think it deserves it. Um, I agree. Rightly so. The um, it's good. It's just not as good as Florida Project, and it's uh, just it because of length for me at least because of length, and um, I didn't have any emotional connection point in this movie um 
other than it, or, yeah, it was just fun. It was it was funny and it was very investing. Like I I was very invested in the film, but I I it just it's it missing that that thing that really like fucking pulls me in like that Florida Project has. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. Well, I think that wraps it up for this Sean Baker episode. I did want to mention that Sean Baker is also the creator of the uh, IFC and Fox show called Greg the Bunny. That was uh, Puppets. I don't know if you remember it. From 2002 to 2006, they had a spinoff called War and the Ape on MTV um, yeah. with Puppets. Oh. Interesting. Um, I never watched it, but I had was heard of it. I've heard of it. Because like, this Sean Baker guy has to have been around a while. Um, a long time. And all right. Yeah, I think that doesn't... I think that does it for this week's best boys. Uh, we will see you back next week. I don't think we know what we're doing yet. Um, we should nope. try to make a habit of deciding before we start. Like we should talk about next week before we start this week. So then we can mention it at the end of the episode instead of figuring it yeah. out. Um, nah, that's something that I'm trying to remember. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess we'll just have to post about it or we'll surprise you. Um, so make sure if you want to follow along uh, and watch along with us, make sure you're following us on Facebook, um, Best Boys Film Podcast. We're also on Instagram and Twitter at Best Boys Film Pod. Um, and uh, I try to make sure I keep up and let you know what we're doing and if there's any changes, any uh, release uh, things, and also some fun memes. Uh, also, you can follow me at Slob Thomas and Corey at with a story. Corey with a story. And, uh, yeah, Mr. Hollywood, uh, he just came back from, from LA itself and, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be out there a lot more uh, now that the, the work year has started up again. Um, oh, I forgot to mention earlier, I, I got to, I worked with Susanna Sun on Wednesday. Uh, the, I'm shooting behind the scenes for a new show called the idol and she's one of the um, supporting characters on there. Well, there you and, go. There you go. See that? Corey's just one step away from Sean Baker. You're yeah, one just... degree from Sean Baker, Corey. That's pretty and, cool. And, uh, yeah, and Simon Rex. Oh, that's even cooler. Dirt Nasty. <laughs> dirt Nasty himself. I, got, I can't believe that the, he's Dirt Nasty. I can't believe all of these revelations that happened today. But Yeah, that's <laughs> what I love about the show is I get to pull these little facts out for you and blow your mind. And uh, but uh, we'll have to have to do some some prep for next week. So thank y'all for tuning in. Thank y'all for watching. We'll see you next week. And you have a good day. Thanks everybody. See you later.